Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. We're going to pick up in James chapter 1 verse 2. James chapter 1 verse 2, reading out the New King James Version. A little context about James. He is the half-brother of Jesus. Like, imagine being Jesus' brother, younger brother at that. Like, some of us think it's hard enough to live up to our older sibling. Imagine trying to live up to Jesus. You couldn't do it. So this is James, his half-brother of Jesus. And he's writing a letter to Jewish converts who have just recently begun to follow after Jesus. And at that time, a, a Jewish convert following after Jesus, even at that time of today, if you were a Jewish man and you followed after Jesus, it wasn't a decision made lightly. It wasn't a decision without consequence. In that time, if you were to be of Jewish heritage and then to follow after Jesus, it was to give up being and being excluded from your family. It was most likely you were going to lose your job. You were most likely going to be an outcast in your community. You were most likely going to uh, be now looking at cold shoulders and people being ashamed to call you family. Like if you were a Jewish man and you followed after Jesus, it had high consequences. It had high consequences. And not only would you be uh, left out of your family gatherings, not only would uh, you probably be fired from your job for choosing to follow after Jesus, but you would be persecuted in the streets. You would be cursed in the streets. You would be uh, daily, face daily beatings in the streets. This for following after Jesus. So James is writing this letter to the Jewish converts to encourage them. With that context in mind, will you stand with me as we read the word together? James chapter 1, verse 2 through 4. It reads this. He says, My brethren... Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Everybody say patience. But let patience have its perfect work. That way you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Turn to your neighbor and say the title for this morning's message. Say the proof is in the patience. The proof is in the patience. Let's pray over this morning. Father, we thank you for gathering us. Father, we thank you for what you've done for us. Father, we thank you for sending your son to die for us. And that by his blood we are redeemed. And that he resurrected on the third day. And because he has life, we have life. And he sits at the right hand of the Father. And because of that, now we sit in heavenly places. So, Father, as we gather together this morning, let us welcome in your Holy Spirit to soften our hearts and open our minds so that we will not leave this place as the same person as we walked in as but that we will grow closer to your son that we will gain revelation of your spirit that we will begin to break down the walls that the enemy has put there that strongholds will collapse this morning that depression will flee this morning that anxiety that we have of the future will go away all because of Jesus Father we're here for you we have no other motivation other than grow closer to your son. We love you so much, Jesus. And God, please help the Houston Astros as you push into the final season of the playoffs. Help them, God. Redeem them, Jesus. 
as they go into postseason. We love you, Jesus. And everybody says, amen. I'm going to give you Jesus a hand clap this morning. You may be seated. Y'all may be seated. The proof is in the patience. The proof is in patience. Um, this title is inspired from the old saying, uh, the proof is in the pudding. The proof is in the pudding. Uh, if you're like me, sometimes I say things without knowing the history or the context or really know what it means. So, so I, I knew what the proof in the, in the pudding kind of meant, but I didn't know the context or history. So the proof in the pudding, what it means is that for you to fully realize or to, um, to fully appreciate something or to know the quality of something, you have to experience it for yourself. The proof is in the pudding. How do, how do you know the pudding is good? Well, the proof is in the pudding. You taste it. That's how you know. I can't explain to you how good it is. Sometimes you just have to taste it for yourself. So when I say the proof is in the patience, I can spend all day trying to explain to you how good patience can taste in your life. But without you experiencing it for yourself, you can't fully realize the goodness that is in there. That patience is something that is not a negative thing. Patience isn't something that, is, that we view as a burden. Patience is beautiful. Patience is something that can benefit us. Patience is something that can really open up the doors of every promise that God has for us. Like I can spend all day trying to explain it to you, but sometimes you have the experience to yourself. Like I can try to explain to you that having patience will lead you to the right person, but until you kind of experience that for yourself, then you realize, I'm so glad I was patient. Like being patient was worth it. Being patient was worth finding the right person for me or finding the right occupation for me. Like being patient is worth it. So we're talking about patience this morning and how patience is a blessing from God. How patience is something that God doesn't send for us to endure, but sometimes or most times it's for us to enjoy the goodness of God. But for us to experience it, we have to realize that God's patience and how we have to walk in patience every day or walk in patience for the purpose he has for us, that God does it for a reason. Patience, there's a purpose to patience. There's a purpose to patience. And every great promise requires great patience. You will never step into a promise in your life without having to be patient for it first. You will never be able to step into your purpose without first being patient. That for you to forego patience is for you to forfeit purpose. That if you want goodness of God to take place in your life, patience is something that you're going to have to utilize. Patience is something that you're going to have to go through. Patience is something that will be of the process of your purpose and promise in your life. You see, if you read scripture, there's a reoccurring theme of patience. There's a reoccurring theme of patience. If you read scripture, you'll see that Abraham was patient for 25 years before the promised son, Isaac, came. If you read scripture, you will read that Joseph was patient for 15 years before he stepped into the calling that God had formed, the purpose that God had formed. If you read scripture, you, you will see that Moses waited 40 years for, before God appeared to him in a burning bush. If you read the Bible, you see that Jesus was patient for 30 years before he began his ministry. If Jesus had to be patient, how much more do we have to be patient? If Jesus had to be patient, if all throughout scripture we see the reoccurring pattern of patience before promise, how can we kid ourselves by saying we don't have to be patient? 
How can we kid ourselves by saying that we don't have to be patient for our purpose, that we can have it when we want it and how we want it? Great promises require great patience. So what is patience? Before we get there, let me tell you what patience is not. Patience is not a subconscious activity. Patience is not a set and forget. Patience is not a passive uh, activity. Patience isn't sitting around and saying, I see God has a promise for me in the future, so I'm just going to sit on my hands and wait for it to fall in my lap. That's not patience. Patience isn't something that you can say, okay, I need to be patient for something, then I can just really just sit and forget it, not even think about it. Patience is just waiting. That's not patience. The story of Noah is the perfect portrayal of what patience is. Noah was told by God that a flood was coming. That rain was coming. And from the moment that God told him that rain was coming to the moment that the flood happened was 120 years. And if we know the story of Noah, how did he spend that 120 years? Did he spend that 120 years waiting for the drops to start falling before he started doing something? He spent that 120 years preparing for the rain, building for the rain. See, patience isn't a passive action. Patience isn't something where you sit and forget. Patience isn't sitting on your hands. That's not patience. Because some of us, we have the wrong idea and definition of patience. We think that if God tells us to be patient, then that's a free pass to not do anything. The definition of patience is that patience isn't waiting for God's promise. Patience is preparing for God's promise. Patience isn't waiting for God's promise. Patience is preparing for God's promise. Patience isn't waiting on the sideline. Patience is that I'm training for game day right now, so when God taps on my shoulder and says, now it's time, I'm ready to go. Patience isn't saying, you know what, God has this for in my future. God has this occupation. God has this business plan or God has this calling on my life, but until it happens, I'm going to just be waiting on it. No, patience is preparing for God's promises. Patience is saying, I don't know when, but I'm going to prepare like it's tomorrow. Patience is saying, I don't know when God's promises is going to come fully into fruition, but I'm going to prepare like it's happening tomorrow. Y'all get what I'm saying this morning. Patience isn't waiting. Patience isn't sitting on your hands. Patience is not a passive action. Patience is proactive. Patience is faith in action. Patience is something that you have to utilize. Patience is something that you have to get off uh, onto your feet and start to get to work. Patience isn't looking around and watching things fall on your lap. Patience is something that you have to have faith to do. We can't let the enemy convince us that, pace, that patience is passive. Patience is not passive. Patience isn't a set and forget. Patience isn't a subconscious activity. Patience requires faith. Patience requires obedience. Now that we know the definition of patience, let's go back and look into that scripture. In James chapter 1, verse 2, he kicks off the scripture by saying, my brethren. My brethren. James starts off with encouraging these Jewish converts who are experiencing persecution by saying, my brethren. Why? Because James knows fully well what they're going through. 
James himself is a Jewish man who is following after Jesus, who also happens to be his half-brother, and he's following after Jesus, and he fully realizes what that means and what kind of cost you have to pay to follow after Jesus and come from a Jewish heritage. He understood the pain, the persecution, the trials. He understood of what it meant to be kicked out of your community. He understood what all that meant, so much so that James actually was to become a martyr. And in church history, it actually says that James preaching about Jesus in the temple, that he got so people so angry at him for teaching about Jesus and, and talking about the love of Jesus that they took him to a high place in the temple and threw him off. But when the fall didn't kill him, it says that his persecutors then went down to where he fell and began to beat him to death. And during this whole time, James is still praying for them. And still praying for his persecutors. James knows fully well what these Jewish converts are going through. So he starts off by saying, my brethren, I can relate to you. I know what you're going through. He says, my brethren. Can I tell you the truth? Whenever I used to read the scripture, I used to get upset or kind of annoyed. Because I can't tell you how many times that... I have been going through something. I can't tell you how many times, like, I went through a tough season or something disappointed me that somebody tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, James 1-2, you need to find joy in this. Hey, James, hey, James 1-2, you need to find joy in whatever you're going through. I, yeah, I know it's tough, but you need to find joy. That's what James 1-2 says. And I'm just thinking, I'm going to find joy in bopping you upside the head because that's not what James is talking about. James wasn't saying this persecution will cause you to have joy. James wasn't saying that this trial will bring you joy. That's not what James was saying. I mean, that's not how you love people. You don't go up to somebody and says, I know you lost a loved one. I know you lost your job. I know you're going through something tough, but you need to find joy in it. That, that's not what James was saying. That's not how you love people. That's how you lose people. But what James was saying, he wasn't saying this persecution brings you joy. He said, count it as joy. What he was saying is, look at the scoreboard. Yeah, we're going through something right now, but that doesn't change the fact of who Jesus is. Yeah, you might be going through a persecution right now. Yeah, you might be going through a trial right now, but let me encourage you count it all as joy because Jesus is still at the right hand of the Father and this because you're going through something doesn't mean that the victory has been stolen the enemy is defeated look at the scoreboard I know you're going through something right now but it doesn't matter what the enemy does he can't take Jesus from you so if he can't take Jesus from you he can't take away your victory so what James was telling the Jewish converts is count it all as joy because you're going through something and it's tough. But know this, whether if it's in this life or the next, you're going to find your victory. Nobody's going to take it from, from you. No sense of persecution, no trial, no error, nothing is going to take away your victory. He was saying this trial cannot overturn the truth of Jesus. Whatever we're going through this morning, because the reality is, we're all going through something. But let that something not convince us that Jesus has left us. It's not that the trial brings joy. It's that Jesus is still with us. And although we're going through something, God is still good. God is still there. And if we just pull him closer and not push him away, we're going to find our victory no matter what. 
James, this is how it says it actually in Romans chapter 8, verse 35 through 39. Paul writes this. He said, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Somebody say more than conquerors. Through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing, nor pandemic, nor political distress, nor financial pressure, nor whatever thing you're going through right now can take away the love of Jesus from your life, can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I just want to encourage somebody this morning, this is how James was encouraging those Jewish converts. We're going through something right now, and we're all fully aware of it, but count it all as joy because you have Jesus. Count it all as joy because Jesus has secured our victory. And that the enemy has been defeated. And that if we just pull Jesus closer to us, everything that we go through, anything that is thrown at us won't knock us off our feet, won't steal our joy, won't take our peace because those things don't give it, they can't take it away. Count it all as joy because you have Jesus. Come on, if you appreciate Jesus, why don't you just give him a hand clap? Now, as we continue in verse 2, James chapter 1, verse 2, James says, My brethren, count it all joy if you fall into various trials. Here's what he said. Count it all joy for the small chance that something might go wrong. Like, you know, count it all joy because it's not going to have, like, you know, there's a very small chance. Like, everything, your life's going to be perfect. But for the small chance that you fall into trials, what do you say? Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Trials aren't a matter of if but when. Don't be confused. Don't think that if you follow after Jesus, all your problems will magically disappear. Don't think that if you follow after Jesus, now all of a sudden you're going to live a perfect life and you're never going to have to do anything again. Don't be confused. Following after Jesus doesn't mean your problems disappear. Following after Jesus means now, no matter what, you have the answer. And it doesn't matter what kind of things you encounter, you now have the answer and his name is Jesus. That's what he promises. And when James saying, when the trials come, because they will come. When persecution comes, because it will come. When difficulty comes, because it will come. Know that Jesus is with you. So count it all as joy, because you have the victory. And don't think that following after Jesus and, and having patience means that you have to be perfect. That having patience means that you will never encounter difficulty, because patience doesn't mean being perfect. Turn to your neighbor and say, patience doesn't mean perfect. Patience doesn't mean that I have to be perfect through the process. Patience doesn't mean that if there's ever an inclination of me giving up or thinking I'm not worthy or taking my foot off the gas and that disqualifies me. No, patience doesn't mean you have to be perfect throughout the process. Because what James is saying, difficulty is going to come. And there will be moments where you feel the pressure and you say, God, where are you at? Life's not going to go perfect for us. 
But that's not what patience means. Patience doesn't mean we're going to just live a perfect life through the process and that we're going to be perfect throughout it all. No, patience doesn't mean perfect. It says in Scripture that the righteous man falls seven but gets up again. Gets up again. That although we might fall, that doesn't mean we can't get back up. Patience isn't being perfect throughout the process. Patience is persevering. Point number one for this morning is that to be patient isn't to be perfect. To be patient is to persevere. To be patient isn't to be perfect. To be patient is to persevere. Because what James is saying, the Jewish conference is like, look, I'm not going to paint an uh, unrealistic picture. Patience is hard. There will be trials. There will be tribulations. There will be times where you have to make a push. But patience isn't about having a perfect process. Patience is about persevering. Patience is knowing that when things come my way, I have something on the inside of me. That if I just hang on to Jesus, I'm going to watch everything come into fruition in my life. If I'm just patient, not perfect, if I'm just patient. That's what James is telling him. We continue on in verse 3. James says, knowing that the testing of your faith, everybody say faith. Produces patience. Produces patience. A lot of us have this um, idea in our minds, you know, from that psalm, you know, whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Sometimes we can think that our faith comes from us going through things. Like how I build my faith is by going through problems. That's not what James said. James said the testing of your faith. Problems reveal faith. Problems doesn't build faith. Trials reveal where you're at. Trials doesn't create faith on the inside of you. James was saying, don't get it twisted. Don't think that just because you've been through something, then that is what grows your faith. It just reveals your faith. So where does faith come from? Where is faith produced? It says in Scripture that faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. So what does that mean? Faith doesn't come from you experiencing problems Faith comes from you experiencing God's presence. Your faith is built up by you praying to God. Your faith is built up in that time of worship. Your faith is built up when you're praying to God. He begins to download on the inside of you what you're capable of. That is where faith is created. Faith isn't you going through problems. Faith is saying, well, I've been through something. That's not, faith isn't, that might reveal your faith. That doesn't create your faith. Faith is created by you being in the presence of God. Faith is by you praying and getting on your knees and saying, Father, I need you at this moment. And then God begins to download the gift of faith on the inside of you. That is where faith comes from. Because if you have this misconception, if you think that things that you go through, problems that you go through, trials that you go through, that's where your faith comes from, you're going to get empty on your tank real quick. That reveals your faith. That doesn't produce your faith. Where your faith comes from is spending time with God, spending time with Him. See, trials don't produce faith, but when trials are received with faith, it produces patience. And that's what James was saying. James was saying, when a trial comes your way and you step into it with faith, knowing who you are in Christ, knowing what Jesus has done for you, it produces patience in your life. He explains it further in James. Chapter 5, verse 7, where he says, therefore, be patient. Everybody say patient. 
Be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently. Everybody say patiently. For it until it receives the early and latter rain. We have the Riverside Community Co-op going on today. Let's give that a hand clap, which I think is awesome. We can all go in there after service and pick what up, whatever we need, fresh veggies and, and things that have been produced by our church family, which I think is so awesome. I mean, that's really a, a picture of the church is us taking care of one another, going out to the community, taking care of them. But those tomatoes, those greens out there, they, they didn't start out. A tomato doesn't start out as a tomato. Tomato starts out as a seed. And for you to see the fruit of it requires you to be patient. What James was saying is God has planted some things on the inside of you. And just like a farmer, when he plants something, a seed of faith, a, a promise seed inside of you, it takes patience for you to see the fruit of it. It takes patience. That if you try to just pull it out too early, you're not going to receive all what God has for you. If you try to pull out a tomato before it's ripe, it doesn't taste that good. Some of us, we can get in the habit of pulling out God's promises before it's ripe. And we wonder why it's bitter. It doesn't taste good. Say, so, God, I thought you gave this to me. I thought, God, I thought you promised this to me. God, I, 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 I thought you gave this person to me. But when you do it when it's not ready, sometimes promises will get bitter. What James is saying, saying don't pull God's promises when it's not ready. Only God knows the timing of your promise. Don't wait too long either. Because if you leave a tomato too long in the ground, what happens? It gets rotten. If you leave your promise too long and never think you're capable, never think you're qualified, never think you're worthy, your promise is going to rot. So you can't be too early, can't be too late. So what I'm trying to tell you this morning is that if you try to approach God's promises with your, with your timing, it's never going to be God's timing. Only the one who planted a seed inside of you knows when it's ripe. And that's only God. So if God promised you something, if he planted a dream on the inside of you, if he planted something on the inside of you, don't be confused and thinking that you can then go on your schedule and timeline and expect it to re its, reach its potential. Only the one who planted that seed, only God knows the timing of that promise. And only he will bring it into the fruition that it's supposed to. Only he will see by us being patient, only he will tell you when and how and where and who it's going to happen. Let us not be the person God puts, we're looking for the right him and her and we're looking for the right person in our life. And we think that's the right person. But who knows the right person at the wrong time is the wrong person. Some of the single people are clapping their hands. I don't know the one. Because that's for patience. It's worth it. Patience will bring the right people. Patience will bring your promise. Patience will align you with your purpose. But if you try to speed up the process, you're going to take out a fruit, take a bite, and see that it is bitter. And it's not because of God. It's because of you. God said, I have something so beautiful for you. 
but because you didn't trust me, because you weren't patient, now this promise tastes bitter. Now that relationship that might have even been the one for you, but because you tried to speed it up, now that relationship is ruined. What God had for you now tastes bitter. Patience is what lines you up with God's purpose and plans for your life. Patience, patience. As he continues on in verse 4, James says, But let patience have its perfect work. Everybody say perfect work. That you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. See, some of us have a really bad relationship with patience. Like, we think of patience, and we think that's a curse word. Like, what, you want me to be patient? How dare you? You know, like, like what? I'm supposed to be patient? Like, who do you think I am? You don't think I'm ready? You don't think I'm this? Like, we have this bad relationship with patience. We think that patience is a bad thing. We think patience is something that we look down on. We think that patience is something that you do if you're not ready. We have a bad relationship with patience. I think it's because of our childhood. I think it's because of when we're growing up and, you know, it's Christmas morning and it's 3 a.m. And we're like, hey, mom and dad, I'm ready. Can I open up the presents now? And they're saying, no, 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 patience. And you're like, well, that's painful. That, that stinks. I got to be patient. Like, we think patience is painful. We think patience is a bad thing. We think patience is something that, that we shouldn't have to do. We think we have this negative view of patience. Like, we think that patience is, is, is the same as waiting in line at Chick-fil-A. Like, that's the longest five minutes of my life. Let me tell you something. Like, I'm at the curbside. I'm like, oh, my God. It's been two and a half minutes, Chick-fil-A. Are you kidding me? Like, we associate patience with waiting. And so we think patience is a bad thing. We think patience is a negative thing. We think patience sometimes is even a punishment. We think that if we are being patient, then we must be getting punished. So anytime we are having to be patient for something, we just skip over it. Because we think we're ready, or we think we're too good, or we just think that patience is a bad thing. Let's remove that from our minds. Let's understand that patience is a beautiful thing. That patience is a fruit of the Spirit that a lot of times we forget. Like patience is something that God wants for you because he knows what patience does for you. He knows that patience is what delivers your promise. Patience is what allows you to step into your purpose at the right time. Patience. Patience. But we begin to think, have this bad light, and we view patience as a negative thing. We think that when we pray to God, we say, God, God, can you bring this and wait for this? And God says, I got it for you. Just be patient. And we look up at God and say, what did I do wrong? And we look up at God like shaking our fists, like patience. What, like, and then we begin to think that patience is God punishing us. Begin to think, oh, God told me to wait. God told me to be patient. I must be doing something wrong. God must be punishing me. When God tells you to be patient, it's not God punishing you. It's God positioning you. I'm going to say that again. When you're praying to God, and he says, I have something great for you. Just have patience, and you're going to see the fruit. That's not God punishing you. That's God positioning you for the right time, for the right place, for the right season. So when it's ready, you can step into the fullness of God. Who wants the fullness of God? Who wants the fullness of the fruit of our promises and purpose? Man, I don't want my plan to happen. 
I don't know if you've learned my lessons. My plans stink. My plans are not that good. I learned a long time ago that if I lived life according to my plan, my life would not be fun. But when I begin to realize that God's plan is worth the wait, God's plan is worth the patience, God's plan for me, oh my gosh, goes beyond my dreams and expectations, and all it requires me is trusting him and being patient. Let's not view ever again patience as a negative thing. Let us reverse that in our psychology. Let us reverse that in our mindset. Let us, instead of saying, looking down and thinking that patience is a negative thing and saying, oh, you have to be patient. You must not be ready yet. You must still have to grow. You must have to do that. Let's instead say, oh, I need to be patient right now. Thank you, Jesus, because I know I'm in the will of God. Let me not get outside of God where I don't have to be patient because if you don't have to be patient, you're not in God's will. I hate to break it to you that if you're not patient for something right now, you're out of God's will. God's will requires patience. God's will will never be a thing that happens on a timer that you're going to see exactly when and how and that you're going to be able to snap your fingers and appears in front of you. That's not God's promises. It requires patience. So now when God tells us, I have something for you, now you just have to be patient, let us jump to our feet begin to realize that we have something great on the way. We have something that goes beyond our dreams, beyond our expectation, and God is ready to give it to us at the right time and season because he knows better than we do. And all requires us is being patient. All requires is us being patient. Point number two for this morning is patience is not God's punishment. Patience is God's plan. Patience is not God's punishment. Patience is God's plan. Patience isn't God's punishing you. Patience isn't God pressing pause on your life. Like sometimes we can think that, oh, God, you want me to be patient? Oh, you must be pressing pause on my life. No, that's not God pressing pause. That's part of God's plan. It's God positioning you where you're supposed to be. It's God taking you where you're supposed to be. It's God delivering you what you're supposed to have. Patience is God's positioning Patience is God's plan. You know what turned Joseph's prison into his promise? Patience. Patience. You know what turns Joseph's prison into his palace? Patience. If he wasn't patient, Joseph wouldn't be in the Bible. I can tell you that much. We never hear of Joseph. But because he was patient, And even though he was the furthest away he ever thought he could be from the promise that God gave him, because he was patient, his prison turned into a palace. That's the power of patience. It will turn whatever messed up situation you think you're in into the exact position that God wants you to be. Patience. Patience. Because you might be in this room this morning or watching online and saying, Caleb, I feel like I'm in the prison right now like Joseph. I feel like God promised me something and the exact opposite is happening. What is going on? Can I tell you right now? God is seeing your patience. Because your patience is what's going to turn it around. Your patience is what's going to make that promise realized. Because what God wants to see is this, do you trust him? Do you trust him? Because all patience really reveals is is whether or not you trust God's plan. Because if you don't trust God's plan, if you don't think it's going to happen, I mean, you're not going to be patient. The first moment that you hit a speed bump is the the moment you're out of there. So, God, I gave you a chance. 
Like, look, like I did, like I gave you a chance, but something happened, so okay, my plan now. But patience is what will turn your prison into your promise. Patience is what will turn some messed up situation you're in right now. Patience will turn that all around because you just said, you know what, God, I trust you more than I trust the situation I'm in. I'm in a prison right now, I'm not going to lie, God. Right now, I, I feel like I'm surrounded, I'm not going to lie. But I'm not going to give up on you. I'm not going to mistrust. I'm not going to step away. I'm not going to back off from what you have for me, God. Instead, I'm going to be patient. I'm going to be patient. The proof is in the patience. Has there anybody in the building or watching online, have you ever been patient for something? Look back and say, I'm so glad I'm waited. I'm so glad I trusted God. I'm so glad I was patient. The proof is in the patience. The proof is in the patience. When you begin to realize that patience is what turns everything around. Patience is what will turn what you feel like is holding you down. You're like, you're in the worst season of your life. Patience is what will bring fruit out of it. Patience. Trusting God. Trusting God. James continues with in that scripture. He said that you may be perfect and complete. He said, have patience. So that means you may be perfect and complete. Lacking nothing. You're about to see why I have all this up here. No, you don't worry. Have y'all ever been impatient with God? Like, are we all perfect in the place? Have y'all ever been impatient with God? Yeah. Like, have you ever been praying for something? And you're like, God, it's been like five days, God. Like, are you kidding me? Like, have you ever been impatient with God and then you try to speed up the process? Have you ever been impatient with God and you're saying, you know what, um, I kind of want it now. And so you get outside of God's timeline and you step into your timing. And then you get into the place where God told you to go. But something's missing. You go to that promise where God told you to go, but because you did it on your time and you get there and you realize something's lacking. Something's missing. Like, God, you promised me this person, but now because I did this outside of your timing, now why do I feel guilt? Why do I feel shame? What? Something's missing. Something's lacking. Like, God, I, you told me to start this business, but because I didn't want to be patient, I want to do it on my timing, why is this business crumbling right now as you promised for me? Like, have you ever been impatient? You know what happens to me a lot, usually in drive throughs and waiting for this to be, get poured out takes a while. So when you make pudding, and this is, of course, the instant pudding, I couldn't make homemade pudding. I can barely make cereal. So when you make pudding, you got to be patient. Because, see, right now, all the ingredients are in this pudding. But as you can see, it's lacking something. What it's lacking is the correct timing. Because when you make pudding, you have to let it rest and sit for a little bit. Now, this is the instant pudding, so it's only five minutes. But, like, the real kind of pudding, you have to wait longer than that. So, like, when you make pudding, like, you have to, like, all the ingredients are in here. All the correct stuff's in here right now. It's just not time yet. And so if I wanted to... I'm supposed to let this sit for a little longer, but I'm a little impatient right now. So 
I think all the ingredients are here, so I'm just going to eat it now. It's not that good. Something's missing. Something's missing. Something's lacking. It made me lisp. That's how bad it was. A little, a little bitter. See, I didn't let it come to its full timing. Can you bring up that pudding that was already made? Give a hand clap for my wife. She made this pudding. Now, this pudding, we let the timing come to how it's supposed to. This pudding, the ingredients are together, but now it has taken the form that it's supposed to. Now, this pudding, you can see, it looks good. This pudding doesn't make me lisp. It's good. <laughs> Patience made this pudding taste better. Patience made this pudding taste better. What happens to a lot of us is we get all the ingredients together that God tells us to bring together. And because we think that everything that we think we need is there, we think we can then do it on our own timing. And we overlook the patience aspect of God's promises. And we begin to speed it up. And because of that, what God promised us now tastes bitter. Things that God had for us now doesn't taste like it, it, it's supposed to. Now, now it doesn't feel like how we thought it was supposed to feel like. We feel like it's lacking something. But when you are patient, God's promises taste better. When you are patient... God's promises that he has for you, you will realize the potential. You will see the fruits. You begin to say, oh, my Lord Jesus, that was worth the wait. Yeah. A lot of us, we just settle for fast food. Things quick, has the right ingredients. I mean, man, chicken from McDonald's and homemade chicken. There's a big difference. A lot of times, you have to be patient. God has something so special in store for us. It's like I'm seeing right now, God has all the ingredients on the inside of us, of the things he has in store for us, ready for us. The only thing we have to do is just be patient. Remember, like we talked about, patient isn't passive. Patience is proactive. Patience is faith in action. All it requires us is being patient, listening to him, following after him, saying, God, I want what you have for me when you want it for me. God, I want to step into all the things you have for me, not according to my timeline, but yours. Because, God, let me not experience a bitter form of your promise. There's so much hurt that we have experienced just because we weren't patient. There's so many things we've missed out on just because we wanted to speed up the process. But this, like Joseph, what God is saying to us, that if you're just patient, you will see the accumulation of all the ingredients, all the things that he's done on the inside of us, reach its perfect potential that only God can do. That only God can do. I want God's best for my life. I know you want God's best for your life too. And that requires patience. That requires us saying, 
God, I'm following after you no matter what. And patience doesn't mean perfect. Patience just means i got to persevere through some trials and tribulations. But I'm, even if I fall down seven, I'm going to get up again and rise again because I know and I trust and I love you. And I know in the end, when I look back, I'm going to be so thankful that I was patient. So thankful that I was patient. Can you stand with me? I'm closing. Verse 4, James says, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete. Everybody say perfect. perfect. I don't know if you realize this yet. If you haven't, let me be the first one to tell you, you're not perfect. I think I burst in somebody's bubble who still thinks that. You're not perfect. I'm not perfect. None of us are perfect. So what was James saying? Because we're not perfect. I think James was talking not about us. I think he was talking about Jesus. What he's saying is that if you're just patient with Jesus, who is perfect, you will find the fruition, the completion. You will find your purpose, the promise, and you will realize that you're not lacking anything because you are patient with Jesus. What he was telling the Jewish converts who were experiencing all these things he he was saying my brethren i know your pain i know where you're at i know you want to give up like some of us feel in this room about things that god told us we were going to do like dreams that god downloaded on the inside of us like promises that god told us was in our future we want to give up so badly because the trials are beginning to mount the persecution is, is is taking its toll and we want to give up but what james was saying if you're just patient with Jesus' plan, if you just follow after him, and if you give him time and opportunity, he will bring you to that perfect work that he has on the inside of you. And you will realize that you lack nothing because you trusted the Jesus. I want to trust Jesus this morning. I'm going to close with this point. If you patiently follow Jesus, your life will be perfectly fulfilled. If you patiently follow Jesus, your life will be perfectly fulfilled. Have you ever felt like you were lacking something? Like something was missing in your life? Ever felt like, God, I, I feel like something's missing. I feel like God, there, there's something not right. I feel like there's something, God, that I haven't fully stepped into. Can I just tell you something? If you're just patient with Jesus and follow him after you, you will never feel lack. I mean, I can be a witness of the goodness of God that if I'm just patient with Jesus, I will never lack anything in my life because he's my provider. He's my protector. He's my healer. He's the great physician. If I'm just patient with him, I will never lack. We will never lack. Jesus, he's our father. He's going to take care of his children. And just like a good father or mother preparing a meal, if you're just patient, he's going to place something in front of you that's going to meet every single one of your desires and, and wants and needs that you have for him. 
because he loves us so much. This morning, what our goal is to be is for us to realize that patience isn't a punishment. Patience isn't something that God tells us to do to press pause. Patience is God positioning us for the promises, for the purpose, for the plans that he has for us. And if you are in this room tonight or watching online and you're on the verge of giving up, if you're on the verge and you feel your patience thinning and going away, right now is our moment to together let in the Holy Spirit and begin to Give us that confidence of who Jesus is and what he can do for us. What he can do for us. God has so many things in store for us. Just like that pudding, he has all the ingredients together. This requires us being patient. And patience doesn't mean it's a bad thing. Patience is a beautiful thing. Patience is something that we know that if we just follow after Jesus, he's going to place everything perfectly in our lives, that we're never going to lack peace or joy, we're never going to lack confidence, we're never going to lack any of these things because we're going to know who those things come from, and it's Jesus. It's Jesus. So where we head bowed, eyes closed, we're going to sing a song this morning with the goal of being this, saying, Jesus, invade my space, invade my heart, invade my mind. Begin to tell me how much you love me. Wrap your arms around me. Let me know that you still have a plan and purpose for my life and that if I am just patient, if I just don't give up, if I just continue to follow after you, if I don't give in to the trials or temptation, if I just don't give in to that persecution, if I just don't give in to that bad news, if I just don't give up on your plans, if I just patiently follow you, Jesus. I'm going to see your promises. I'm going to see my purpose. I'm going to see the fruit take place in my life. Heavy head bowed and eyes closed. Begin to sing to Jesus. Begin to worship him. And in his presence, he'll build your faith. Come on, church. Let's sing together. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.